Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Next week, you heard it, you saw it, but sometimes we got to be told so many times we don't forget Vision Sunday. Vision is the ability to see beyond what we see. And we all need vision for our lives. And we need vision in Christ for where he's going to take us. Excited about next week. But today is a segue into that. We're going to go to Colossians 1. And in just a moment. It's February, y'all. Now, you might know February is Black History Month. But let's be honest. Black history is not a month. It's history. I love seeing uh, posts this week that said, the black church is black history. And one of the things that is underrepresented or under-talked about, and often history, whoever has the pen writes a story, right? So the information is dictated to those in charge, and there is many history that is underrepresented. All different types of uh, people groups, uh, uh, nations that are underrepresented, and so many stories that will never get told. But in the church, we should not only read people that just look like us or from the same region as us, we, we need to be always learning about history. And William Seymour is a name that won't get enough credit for what we're doing today. In the early 1900s, what is known as the Azusa Street Revival. That means some people praying in tongues, talking about the Holy Spirit, blacks and whites worshiping together during the Jim Crow era. And it was reported that he would pray seven hours a day under persecution. People thought he was crazy, even in the church. But it ushered a wave into church history for you and I today. So we honor and celebrate him today. And one of the authors that is still a living legend alive today that we read last year was John Perkins, the book Dream With Me, Race, Love, and the Struggle We Must Win. Got one copy, whose is this, that didn't read this last year, right there. Got to see you, right there, if you could, right behind you. Thanks, Crystal. See those hands, there we go, Super Bowls next week. It's Vision Sunday, not the Super Bowl. Who do you got? Rams? Bengals? What is this? I, yeah, I'm cheering for Stafford stuff because he's from Detroit. Like, whatever. No. Joe Burrows. My family's originally from Ohio, so he's an Ohio kid. And, uh, but I, I, I rep the mitten as well, so we won't be mad. Odell Beckham Jr. needs to get one too, you know. But they already got enough stuff in L.A. You know, Cincinnati's overlooked. It's the underdog, and, and it, 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 it's underrepresented, and it's kind of like Lansing. Like, who, who, what good things come out of there, people think? Oh, is that the capital? Like, yo, like, that's what we do, okay? So go Bengals! I'll be rocking. Uh, hopefully, if it comes here in time, a Joe Burroughs t-shirt next week. Uh, today is titled, Jesus is Bigger, Better, and more beautiful than we can fathom. Think. Like, it is important. We got thinkers in the room. Think. Oh, God loves our ability uh, to, to, to process and our intellectual capability. He loves that. He's gifted so many of us. But you'll notice in Colossians 1, 
even for the deepest of thinkers, Jesus is bigger and better and more beautiful than we can fathom. The word fathom, to think upon, given much careful thought to study, but yet to still be left with not full understanding. When we say, hey, I mean, Jesus is your friend and God is for you. Who can be against you? Greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. You got Jesus in you, the risen king. And we start to, oh, okay, we get, we, we get that in us. But the risen king that is over everything, that was before everything. Let's pick it up, Colossians 1. This will be a segue into next week, which will be Colossians 2. So if you want to get ahead in your reading and see where our church is going. I love the tone as Apostle Paul writes this. And in Scripture, I guess my prayer, and my prayer for myself and for us as a church, is that Scripture we would be enamored with, so excited. This is incredible. God-breathed words for people that aren't just meant to be understood. If you've noticed, the Scriptures don't give an answer to everything. It's a guide. Because we're also meant to experience, teach, correct, be in community. And no one has a corner on truth. There's only one cornerstone, which is Jesus. And we need each other to understand the fullness of God. Even in our region, we're used to, uh, I, I, I love, hold on. I'm going to spill this on me if I try to do it with one hand. I love the beatbox community globally. I didn't know that it was going to become a big thing. I thought the pinnacle of beatboxing was Razel. And once I heard Razel, I quit beatboxing because he was that good. You know, when you meet someone who's just so much better than you. And, uh, but boots and cats is how we can all beatbox. Boots and cats and boots and cats. So you can all beatbox, all right? So you just got to boots and cats and boots and cats and cats and. You got horrible metronomes, horrible beats per minute. Worst click track crowd ever. Thank God God isn't looking for talent. You know what I mean? He equips those that are available. You know, but boots and cat. But in the global scene, which is, which is fascinating, one of the bias and blind spots can be that, that everyone, in order to kind of have a platform, they all are learning to speak English. So they're speaking this language. So for, for, for even us, we, there's a blind spot. We're so used to people having to to kind of, oh, you don't speak English. Well, no, 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 no. When, when like for a moment here today, let's get past our language. Let's get past our own experiences. And let's look at maybe the purpose of life. Colossians 1 has a claim that is, it, I can't do it justice. Let's go. Verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of this, Paul's talking about the faith of people in Jesus. And he's writing to a church, and he's writing this letter from prison. This is known as one of the letters from lockdown. We haven't stopped praying for you. I've noticed that my prayer life has went down after 21 days of prayer. It was a bummer. But I was driving through the city and just praying. And God, these homes, these people... There's lives here, you know, and just up in my prayer game. William Seymour, seven hours in a day. Just praying that God would move. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord 
fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might, may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, one mistake that can happen is anytime we use big words, is to kind of check out. Or when we read multiple verses, is to, ah, that's, no, each verse is so rich, we could just marinate in it. And what is happening here is Paul's saying, hey, I heard of your faith. It's awesome. I'm praying that you'll grow, get more mature in God's will. But remember, go back to, yeah, right there in 14. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So let's go in him for a moment. Who's him? Who is it? Come on, this isn't a lecture. I mean, class, uh, church is not something we watch. It's something we are. It's not a building. It's his people. He's building. So who's him? In who? Yeah, there we go. I get it. Sometimes we're on the spot. Our intellect, uh, intellectual ability goes down because our confidence, and we're just like, ah, I don't know. You were frozen the moment. <laughs> I know. So there's grace. Everybody, I hopefully, knew Jesus. That's why I like the capital H because it'll just, you know, shout out to Kings James. It's him. Him who's not like him. Not like him. Not like hers. In him. There's only one. The forgiveness of sins. And it's going to go to a portion of Scripture in Colossians 1.15 that many believe was a hymn that was sung in the early church. And what's going on in this specific church is there's lies, y'all. There's misinformation. There's people believing some secondary doctrines, maybe starting to distort the real truth. And for every lie, okay, we could talk about the lie. That is very important. But what is fascinating is that Paul out the gate is not going to debunk all the lies, not all of these false things. What he's going to do is he's going to just take us to a place that we can't even fathom about how big and how better and how more beautiful Jesus is. Let's read. 15, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Not being created, but firstborn represented that it's his. Language that Israel would understand. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Wait, what? (laughs) Bible studies that try to give an answer for everything just are never going to do justice. Commentary can't have enough explanations for this statement right here. Sometimes I want to tackle theologians. Why? Because theologians, the study of God, right there, God. We can study, thank God he's revealed himself, but we can't even fathom. (laughs) An invisible God? And I know we get bitter and we're like, show yourself real God. He has. 
Jesus. That's not enough. It's not enough for some of us because our sin just wants, nah, I don't want God. I'd rather choose anything but the nature that's at war. We need God to breathe life into us, and as he breathes life into us, he gives us forgiveness and transfers us from the darkness into the kingdom of light through Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. Verse 16, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Some believe this language is because there's a lot of angelic worship going on. And this would speak specifically that Christ is above any power. Astrology, Christ is above any power. Magicians, Christ is above any power. Is there power? Yeah, there's lowercase g's. Great book on it is um, God had... God Has a Name by John Mark Comer. That'll start to get you weirded out real quick. And if you're already kind of weird, probably read it with somebody who's a little less externally weird, but we're all weird for the record. We're all weird. God made us peculiar. That's one thing my grandma used to tell me. She goes, Christians are peculiar people. It's not a word we use necessarily nowadays. Peculiar. Kind of quirky. Amen. But Jesus is the one who everything was created by in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. So there is, there is a, there is a, what is invisible is eternal. Which is quite a, just, just think about that for a second. We're saying, as Christians here today, we're saying, yep, there's a kingdom that's not seen. Wow. But yet something in your spirit is why we're here. There is this belief. We claim, uh, we, we, this claim, we sign up that it's true. And it says, all things have been created through him and for him. This is neat. So before anything, Jesus, through Jesus and for Jesus. Is this starting to realize that Jesus is bigger than we can think? And he's better than we can think. Verse 17, he is before all things. And by him, all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. It's been said, if, if Jesus isn't Lord of everything, he's not Lord of anything. And in our lives, as we make much of him, and anytime we don't make much of Jesus, we are diluting him. He's past our capabilities of understanding. We can never make too much of Jesus. That's why it was never programs. It's never buildings. It's never giving or tithe plates or service. It's about Jesus. We recognize that Jesus bought us and brought us in, and we recognize his worth. We are like, whoa, this is awesome. I hope this wakes us up because where we're going, look, there's going to be another storm, friends. There's a storm going on with this church believing lies. And Paul's recognizing maybe the best thing they need is the centrality of Jesus, Christology, the preeminent one. 
He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Yeah, again, we need to hear this again, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This is, this is why there's no room for, for two banners. Our egos all get checked at the door when it comes to King Jesus. In newsflash, we all have egos. Come on, do something long enough and don't get acknowledged for it. We all got egos. But God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in Jesus. And through him to reconcile everything to himself. Tone matters, vision matters. And God's vision for humanity was one that started that was good and we're with God. And our choice of sin separated us from God. And it is important to acknowledge the devastation of sin, the depravity of sin. But what gets lost a little bit is the original vision from God. We talk so much about sin. We talk so much about fear. We talk so much about hell. We talk so much about the bad that we forget that God's goal of why he sent Jesus was to reconcile all things. He wants this to happen. He wants to make peace through his blood shed on the cross. That that banner of what sin brought pales into comparison the glory that Christ gave when he rose from the dead. It's Christus victor. Christ is victorious. He is so glorious. There's no movie that can do it justice. There's no uh, preacher. There's nothing. That's why every time I've read this passage... I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. Jesus, you know? Because then it gives us a little bit more texture. Verse 21. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions. We can never forget where we came from. So when we read the scriptures, it will remind you, like, hey, I was lost, but now I'm found. And yes, we're brand new, but we have to remember we were bought with a high price. And then as we remember that, none of us can boast. None of us can play this religious soapbox. Like, look at me, you heathens. But we get frustrated, don't we? Come on. All of us were once alienated and hostile in our minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. So if Christ did all that, that's kind of where we focus as human nature. They used to say in sales, W-I-I-F-M, what's, what's in it for me? 
That's the only way you could motivate salespeople. You basically had to say, if you go do this, you will get this. And then sometimes they would pitch, uh, 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 they would pitch something, and then the level of just, it was, it was just common thought. It was practice. Somebody raised their hand and be like, what's in it for me? And the sales managers would serve in, in, a, in a humble way to try to, but ultimately to, to, to care about the bottom line, whether it was with appropriate intent or not, it was to say, well, here's what's in it for you. You sell X, Y, Z, and you get a bonus. This is where we start to say, what's in it for me is I'm blameless, I'm holy. Can we pause for a moment, though, and go back to that hymn? (laughs) Everything was created by him and for him. What, What was created? Let's just take a moment and watch this video of the universe. If you've ever done these where it zooms out, um, and I'm sure science will debunk this to some degree. They're, you know, they used to think the universe was shrinking and it's expanding, but I think we can all agree that the universe is big. So check this one out. so small is that as I thought we're made in the image of God am am I not meaningful no the universe is a statement about how big God is not how small we are and if he's that big and stepped down and became one of us wow Jesus is bigger better and more beautiful than we can fathom look at John 1 This will make your Jehovah Witness friends a little mad, but it's good talk. The Word was first, and the Word was present to God. God present to the Word. The Word was God in readiness for God in day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. What came into existence was life. And the life was the light to live by. The light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't pull it out. There was once a man, his name John, sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light. He was there to show 
the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Each person entering life, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice him. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did not want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves. This is what reconciliation looks like. They're child of God's selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. Verse 14, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That's why I love the message translation for John 1. Because when we hear big religious words that he dwelt among us, it's like, yeah, what did Jesus do for me? What's in it for me? I don't know how many gods who are bigger than the universe that moved onto your block and gave you a house that you could never get in and said you can be home and be made brand new if you just accept that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now, the worship team, I want to call you guys up in a moment. We'll worship King Jesus for us that know Jesus. But if you don't know Jesus, I, I, I do want to like humbly and with sensitivity say, this, this is preposterous if, if it's not true. I, I get that. And I would, I would ask you to not ask me or not even ask Paul or Colossians 1. Ask God. If Jesus is this, then that changes everything for everyone. And if he's not, well, then you can come and watch us and think, well, at least they care about people. <laughs> That's why this Jesus is worthy of all praise. That's why we want to know him so desperately. Because he made a way when we were dead. Dead in sin. No way to get out. We were transferred from darkness into the light. And he did this by moving. With out the comforts of heaven anymore and moving into our neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Now, it gives a lot more meaning, this big Jesus, to this statement in 1 John 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. So any so-called king, any so-called ruler, any trick Satan has, man, it's under our feet, not because we're strong, but because of Jesus the one who is above everything, who created everything. And through him, we have been made brand new. That's how we worship with a posture of just, God, you are bigger, you are better, 
you are more beautiful than we can imagine. I can't fathom or think. So Vision Sunday right around the corner. Yeah, we can talk X's and O's. Let's, let's, you know, let's pull out our calendars. Let's put some to-do list items down. I love it. Planners? Yeah. Let's write some check boxes. Let's create some step-by-step manuals. Let's create order. But man, there's no box big enough for how beautiful Jesus is. If you don't know Jesus today, I pray you come home. I pray you've been compelled by Colossians 1. The size of the universe, that video that was inside out, picture it the other way, outside, the invisible realm, coming down, leaving the power and the authority and the comfort of heaven to move into the neighborhood and come so close. And you meet this Jesus and you say, I'm not worthy. Get away from me. I'm just a sinner. And you realize Christ isn't condemning you. He comes to find you in your shame, in your sin, in your darkness. He says, anyone who comes to me, I will not cast out. And he calls you by name. You just got to receive the grace of God. His son, Jesus. Wow, what do I, faith, faith, faith. Will we understand everything? No. Is that an excuse to not study? No. (laughs) There is so much evidence for this Jesus, but evidence won't be enough because it can't contain how big, how unfathomable Jesus is. God, for us in the room today and us watching, I pray we surrender to your lordship. And how amazing that you live in us. Wow. We don't want to minimize you. We don't want to delight, dilute you. We're going to make much of you today you're over everything and you're in me that changes everything wow give us curiosity like a child that bigger than life imagination today that something would spark in our souls before we leave this place that we are never the same the lies are everywhere but there's one name who is true Jesus. Join us as we sing and lift up King Jesus.
one time we got a call and they were like, I want to visit City Life. But do you guys have cameras and screens and speakers there? I said, yes, we do. They go, I don't want you to fabricate the Holy Spirit. And I said, so what church are you used to going to? And they said it. And I said, does that place have seats and carpet? They said, yes. Does it have heat? Yes. I said, so in some ways you could debate that that is fabricating the Holy Spirit too. Why don't we just embrace the elements? So what I'm going to ask us to do is not to invoke or fabricate, but I think it's a decent exercise if you would let me lead you as a guide for a moment. We sing that song. You know, there, there's, there's that song by Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine what it would be like. I heard them in, in concert. We actually got to open up for them at the Breslin Center. Yeah, just like, yeah, name drop, <laughs> you know. And um, in the room, everybody's singing that I can only imagine. It was, whoa. And we're singing King Jesus for a moment, and I get it. Some of us, it's uncomfortable to hold it. But will you, just for a moment, lift your hands. Come on, every King Jesus, just, just for a, come on, King Jesus, will you sing it? King Jesus, you're the name we're lifting high, your glory, shaking up the earth and sky, revival, we want to see your Just the voices. Thanks for being a part of today. We, we just want to lift up King Jesus. And as we lift up King Jesus, that is revival, friends. Uh, his kingdom came. He's restored the kingdom. The kingdom of God is on the move. It's, it's unleashed through you and I. We get the opportunity to bring heaven in any sphere we're in. So let's go with that confidence. Let's go in that power and that authority. And we're really... I want to increase your excitement and expectation for next week. Just, I think God's big enough to do more than we can ask, imagine, or, or dream. And He will work within us gently. You can sign up for groups in the hallway, or you can sign up online. Don't do life alone. we got two weeks to get connected in a group, a rhythm of community and creating uh, just more of a Jesus-centered lifestyle. Love to have you be a part of it.
Uh, there's, there's several different ones. There's even one online. It's neat. So all that details on the website and it's in the hallway. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until Jesus comes back and he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives. Go to citylifelancing.com.